on the viewpoint all together now a new segment hashtag business on wednesday the final segment we have miss mabel ledwaba founding director of havila beauty growing up in atrigil pretoria Tswane now, back when salons were only focused on relaxers and being exposed to products like Black Ma- like Me, Herman Mashawa, of course, Mabel Ledwaba wondered if whether the only beauty treatments black women needed in her community were just limited to relaxers and curls. Tapping into a market at a time when international cosmetics dominated in South Africa, Mabel was determined to make a mark as a as a local brand. With a dream and a passion for business as a teenager, she converted her bedroom into a beauty parlor. Then informal business operated from Monday to Saturday when she would return from school without extra time for social activities. This curiosity led her to pursuing a career in the beauty industry, first as an employee for major personal care and beauty companies, later as an entrepreneur. Her journey is full. This what I've just read is not nearly complete. Ms. Ledwaba is on the line to tell us more about how she founded ultimately Havila Beauty. Sis Mabel, good evening. Thank you so much for joining us. Good evening. Good evening, South Africa. Love the energy. Love the energy. <laughs> Havila Beauty, talk to us about the journey, more especially the trials, pitfalls, and hurdles. Hey, I tell you, we are now going for our 11th year in the business. And uh, of course, it was through trials and errors. It was through, I would tell people that, you know, as black-owned black business uh, uh, people, we pay our school fees as well, you know, trying to enter into a market that is predominantly occupied by, you know, international brands. And, 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 and being in the beauty industry, you can imagine that it's, it's a luxury uh, product. It's, it's, people identify their worth, what they use on their face. So it was not an easy one. But, um, you know, where you know that you just have to humble yourself and, and, and where you, you know that there's a market that you still need to educate because um, most of our black ladies, they love beautiful things, but they didn't know how to get there. You know, so we, well, what we knew is that we, we need to educate our clients. And those are clients that um, when, especially when we talk about makeup, they didn't know anything about makeup, and then we had to. We, we were ready to grow with them. That when they open their eyes into the makeup space, they find us there. Those were our our clients, not clients that were already using other brands, because we knew that we will never convert any client. So that space of being patient to grow with a client or to grow into a market or develop your own niche in the market. That's that is how we we ended up being where we are today. Talk to us about some of the products then in the context of what you are saying. So, Mabel, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Talk to us about your product. Okay, we, we have, we, being in the beauty industry, we started with a makeup product. When you say makeup, we're talking foundation because when you can say makeup, you're talking foundation, lipsticks, mascaras, and all that. But we just started with a foundation because of being in the space, um, you know, I, I worked in the in the industry and I saw the gap. I knew that a black woman suffers to get the color that matches their skin. You find that you'd have to mix three colors or four colors for you to find a, a, a perfect shade for you. And you find that it's a struggle just to get a foundation that will cover, you know, the, the imperfections that you had. So I had to make sure that let me be 
a solution in the market. And we were able to find a supplier. Of course, it was not national. It was not uh, from South Africa. We had to source a very good product that we know that, you know what, we will not be challenged when we have to you know, enter into the market. And uh, yeah, we, we started with our foundation and it goes with the sitting powder. We are just now about to launch um, our eyeshadows and lipsticks. But I tell you, just this foundation and powder was the foundation and it, it has put us where we are and we have skincare products of course and being you know with the experience that i have i knew that because our makeup would cover dark marks all right and when we when we approach clients and say we have this beautiful makeup it has 100 percent cover it is waterproof and you know we have uh, we have 18 colors including caucasian and even the asian market and when you tell a lady that we have all that they'll say yeah no it's good i like it but I want to remove these dark marks that you want to cover. And we started saying, oh, okay, our ladies, they have problems with black marks. And I'm just going to pigmentation. And that is Chubabas, you know. And, 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 and that, that, that was a space that, you know, we was tarnished as well by the bleaching space and all that. And we had to say, we will find a product that will be a solution in the market. And it will not be uh, misinterpreted into being a bleaching product. And we really had to have a thick skin to say, yes, we have a product, but it doesn't bleach. Because of once you tell people that a product will remove that much, and they'll say, oh, no, no, it's going to bend my skin or it's going to bleach. But we had to say, no, it doesn't bleach, but it will even out your skin tone. It will remove your pigmentation, and but you have to understand what causes your pigmentation. So we were able to sit on that space and say, yes, we have a solution. And when we started with the skincare, we only had a day cream. But because it was such a good product and we had the black soap as well, we stood for three or four years just with those two products. And that's when now we started evolving and finding a product that will really handle the pigmentation. And we have tissue oils as well. And we have eye creams and serums. We Let me interrupt you quickly because I am yeah. interested in how you were able to penetrate the market, more particularly with the beauty markets and related cosmetic items that people Mm. swear their lives to. How do you engage that person who, for instance, does not want to leave their perfume brand? Okay, in this case, it's foundation. But how do you sell them the concept that this could be the difference? And how then do you sustain one, that energy? How do you sustain that client? And how do you use that to build on others? Do you know the strength that we, 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 we stood on was interaction with the client. And we, we, we cannot approach the client like what big brands were approaching the clients. You know, surely we, our, our, our main um, our strategy was we have to close the, the, the employment gap. You know, we took out the distribution channel out of it because of, I knew already that distribution channels are very complex and they can even they can break you in fact then we just said direct selling that is going to be the way for us to penetrate the market and we it was one-on-one contact with customers one-on-one and i tell you it took us a long time but there was a time where we would do more activations and when you do a more activation you're stopping somebody who was going somewhere else and say can i show you my foundation okay let me see what you have by that time they don't even want to stop but you ask them to sit down but you know what was nice is that every woman in South Africa wanted to do their nice eyebrows. Every woman in the country wanted to draw beautiful eyebrows. So we would say, let's teach you how to draw your eyebrows. We will teach you for free how to draw your eyebrows. And when we teach them how to draw their eyebrows, 
that's how we're introducing our foundation at the same time. So that's mm. how we got it right. Yeah. Interesting. You're a former beauty queen now, and of course, people, the more the business grows, they, might, they want to associate with your brand. Would there be franchising opportunities in terms of, one, scaling the business and getting an even greater market share, but also more importantly, or as importantly, should I say, making sure that some South Africans can be employed and that your brand is truly a brand for the people? Okay, let's talk about franchising. I've been in that space, and for me, I couldn't sleep at night just seeing how the franchising models enter into the market and where I was able to see that it is the franchisor really who's making money. But the, the person who's buying your franchise, they might not even end up making more money. But being a black-owned business, just to enter into the franchising space, it is very expensive. You will need to part up with close to 15, not even 15, close to... 50 million because of you would have to have your own shops first. And you know, with franchising, you have to replicate what you are doing. And any successful franchise, they have to have owner shops. Any franchise that you see, I'll just make an example with mm. KFC. KFC owns maybe, I don't know, more than 15% of the franchises that you see. They are owned by KFC themselves before they can be owned by the buyers. So we didn't have that muscle. There was a program that was uh, attempted and I was in that program where they wanted to make uh, black-owned business owners to be franchises, but it was impossible. We couldn't take it, but I saw that it was impossible. So how are we doing? How are we reaching our product uh, into the market? We sell through agents. Distributors, we are the, 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 the manufacturers and we have girls out there that are buying our product and our profit margins we started with the, it, it, we are giving them from 56 percent up to 102 percent profit they were killing it but it was it was it, it was difficult for us now to to really grow to the to, to, to the state where we where we want to go and we started like engaging on the multi-level marketing platform and that is a, a, a platform that we are now starting to roll out it took us a year for us to get a company that will get us a software that will be able to, you know, run the whole the whole system. We went through the pilot system, and we are now live even on our website now to say we are launching the multi-level marketing space. And for us, it is exciting. But one thing is that it is a fear that I don't want them to grow too 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 fast, you know. Mm. And I'm just saying I just want us to grow, but I want the growth not to supersede us. That's an interesting point. I have to engage that. In many respects, one would look forward at the idea and the prospect and indeed the reality of growth. But at times, it is that growth, good under normal circumstances, that has put paid to many an otherwise successful business because they were not able to handle their growth. How then do you keep yourself in check? And can you just elaborate on terms of why it is important to slow a little bit down so that the growth doesn't move ahead of you? You know what? I thank God more than anything else. I don't even know how to articulate it. We, the system that we're using right now um, is a beautiful system. It is used by uh, international companies. In fact, we are paying that invoice in dollars. Uh, just meaning that it is, we can depend on it. So we are able to control how, 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 how fast we will enter into the, into the market. When we started, we were doing everything manually, okay? So 
all the 2,000 plus agents that we have on our books, we are still keeping them to sell to them without the MLM space. And what we are doing, we are only launching multi-level marketing only in Cape Town, as I'm talking to you right now. And we are not taking it nationwide at the same time. I don't know if you hear me. Mm, I got and you. Yes, and we are also in, in the Soto. So we will also launch in the Soto. So we're not going to go full-blown in all the provinces all at once with the multi-level marketing. Final comment from you in line with making sure that you just keep your head above water but certainly not sinking and to keep you humbled. What is the one thing about your business that people will see and think it is successful and has been easy or is easy that you know came at a great sacrifice or cost or if it was done a day before or later, that could have been, if not would have been, the end for Havila Beauty? My goodness, that is a very long question and a difficult question, eh? <laughs> Let's try and answer it. No, no, say it again. Paraphrase it, because I want to be on point. What is that one thing that could have changed your fortunes? What we don't see, of course, is all the amount of effort you have put in there, the sacrifices and the risks that you have obviously had to take. We see a beautiful product that is available on the shelf. We buy it and we move on. And some of us might even get ideas. I want, I want, I want. I want to do the same thing. I want to compete with her. Oh, yes. But they don't know at what cost it came. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you, you are looking at somebody who who wants what at a hair salon, who wants sucked in a hair salon. You are looking, you are talking to somebody who once had multiple salons and they closed down. You know, a headache of when I see a close, a, a business closing down, I think of the shop sitting that they put for 200000 and they have to close that. They had to throw that away. I, you know, when you look at a business where they had, they signed a lease with a, with, with, with a mall and they exit early and they have to pay um, the, the lease period in, a, you know, in advance. You know, those are the, the headaches that business, successful people they'll go through, but people never know the headaches that are behind the scenes. You know, where when we started, when we changed our business strategy because of we, you know, we had salons. And my dream was to open spas and franchise. I wanted to go the franchise route, but once I saw that, you know, with a service-based business, especially in the black market, you know, business is nice, but business is is, is complex when you have to now look at it as, okay, the black business, now you're working with a Caucasian market, it's totally different. And and how our black customers react to um, us as black people, as black business people, is totally different. So those are the dynamics that people never really take into effect. So, you know, I had salons. I had to close them down. I had to, when we changed our strategy, said we have to close salons. We can't be sparse anymore. We can't do nails anymore. But by the grace of God, we were prepared three years in advance before Corona hit that we exited the service market and we we had to go into retail. That turnaround was so Mm. painful because of I was closing down shops and I was losing an identity. But not knowing that, that was shaping me onto the new level that we are talking about now. So at times, you have to know that you can't do the same thing forever and ever. 
things change and when that change happens it is too painful because of you are doing you are entering into realms that you never were operating in you are doing new things that you've never done you have to learn and yeah. relearn and it is costly and you see money coming out you see your business i can say your business is turning over 1 million but you are not even getting a cent in the bank because of the money is just going in and going out but in perseverance time will come when that money will be able to sit in your bank account that's a good word to use perseverance beautiful stuff thank you so much for what has been certainly a beautiful and inspiring story using the word beautiful lesejo the producer says i must tell you on national radio she thinks you are beautiful we thank the lord <laughs> 2133, Ms. Mabel Edwab, founding director, Havila Beauty. After the break, we have one more conversation. That's the executive director of Youth Bridge Trust, Mr. Seth Mulli.